This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. And we are here joined from across the ponds with one of the ladies of London. Once a lady of London, always a lady of London, Miss Noelle Reno. How are you? I'm good. I'm still in London. I think I'm still a lady. So <sighs> how are you that going? doing? <laughs> yeah, good. It's absolutely stunning, gorgeous out today. Um, you know, we're, we're eight weeks into our lockdown here. So, how's, how's quarantine going for you? It is, it's, it's nuts busy. I have a three and a half year old. And then um, I just got off of, I've had, I think, like five different Zoom calls today. The last one was two and a half hours. Um, so um, I work in digital, uh, uh, digital, um, uh, social media campaigns, influencers, brands, and I am like, crazy busy, which super grateful, hand to God, blessed to be this busy. It does feel um, like a lot right now, but um, uh, but exciting stuff. And so, so in a way, digital is okay with lockdown, but I mean, having a three and a half year old in the background when you're trying to do all that's enough to make you crazy. There's a lot going on, right? I mean, are you busier now? Because, like, I mean, a lot of people are busier in lockdown. I'm busier in lockdown. Um, I don't know if I feel like I'm getting much further. Um, I think that, so I think on a brand and human level, um, a lot of people are spinning. Oh, sorry. On a, on a human level, a lot of people are spinning. Um, I love spending time at home. I'm kind of relishing the extra time. I, I meditate and do yoga. I have done every single day for the last six or seven years. So I have extra time for that. Um, I don't mind being in my own company for long periods. So like, I'm cool with that. Um, uh, but I, I do think that it's starting to get to a point where people are going crazy. What's difficult on the work front is like, in a way, it's more efficient. You don't have people, if you go into an office, people are distracting you, you go to meetings, you're spending like the first 20 minutes, just, or you're spending 20 minutes of an hour talking, chit chat. It's more efficient to do like online meetings. However, I think the human interaction, like having none is starting to get a little um, tiresome. <laughs> I would agree with all of the above. I, my life is pretty much exactly where yours is, minus the okay. three-year-old in the background, and I'm okay without the three-year-old in the background. But yes, I have my days where I'm starting to, you know, crave human contact. Yeah. And like my work is, you know, just as busy because in a way busier because everyone wants to sit down and chat with me. But, you know, like it's almost like what can take an hour, maybe takes two hours. Like, you know, you and I just had a minute of a technology issue of trying to connect, like just these little things. Which happens, happens all the time, every time. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I work in digital content. 
And still the first three minutes of every call is some sort of, or it's like, how do I square, share a screen? Can you see my screen now? No, now you can't. <laughs> right. And then people's like sound isn't right or whatever. But you were asking me also at the beginning how I started this podcast. Yeah, tell me. I mean, well, thank you, first of all, for asking me a question. No one ever asked me a question. Um, I've got another one, too. I want to understand how your traffic has been since, since lockdown. Since all of this. Yeah. So, I mean, so I started this because it's different than a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Bravo podcasts out there. I am friendly with a lot of the people that are currently on Bravo, even like kind of before this podcast started. So just because of that, like one of the housewives would always say to me, like, this is a business of some sort. Like you're always around us. You're always hanging out with us. Like, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this. I can only think of one thing at a time. And then, you know, it just kind of came to me that I was like, maybe this would lend itself well to being a podcast. So like when I started this podcast, it was really just me and my stories of like, you know, I was at Noelle's house this weekend and, you know, nothing like really confidential, you know, like, if, listen, you know what your friends don't want you to talk about, but like I was at Noelle's and I had one too many glasses of wine and she had one too many glasses of wine and we had such, so like fun stuff that, you know, I'm like the average person that's obsessed with Bravo may not have access to all these little stories. So that's kind of how it started. I'm like, I don't know if there's a market for this. Well, I soon found out there is a market for this. Right. And then I started because I know all these people saying, do you want to come on my show? And then I just started booking people that were on Bravo. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should start reaching out to people that used to be on Bravo or that are on Bravo now that don't know me. So it kind of just, so that's kind of like the genesis of where it started. And it kind of just blew up from there. And do you, how do you find your traffic since COVID? It's been way up. Like I say this, it's twofold. Has it? I thought it was going to be the opposite. Less really? people commuting, less people, yeah. Um, okay. that's, no, I mean, that's true about the commuting. I didn't even think of that. I think, well, I think two things. I think people are just so bored. I mean, to, to be honest with you, it's so up that we used to be twice a week, like every Monday and Wednesday. And then during April for quarantine, because I have so much content, I can't get it out fast enough. We went to three days a week just because to help with quarantine. And the reaction to that was like, oh my God, you're doing an extra show every week because you know, people I think just want content. Then I was like, let me extend this to May. And now we have so many episodes recorded that we're just going to stay three days a week, like forever now. So we're officially like three days a week now. Well, and also, uh, there's a lot of people who have been put on leave. Um, we say furloughed here. Um, Same here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, I mean, I see why you so would think, think it would be down. I guess you're right about the commute, but I think people are just craving new content. And the other thing that's really helped is a lot of people are saying yes. So like when I'm reaching out to a lot of these people that are on Bravo now, you know, that I'm like, no, I'm not asking you to come to my studio when you're in New York doing other press. I mean, I'll talk to you whenever, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like just pick a day. I'll work with whatever time zone. You know, I have other things going on in other shows, but I could pretty much work around your schedule. So like it's actually helped book a lot of guests that I truly 
am not so yeah. sure would have come on my show if I'm like, well, when you're in New York, after you leave NBC, before you go to watch what happens, come to my studio. I'm not so sure that would have happened if I was asking them to come in person. So that's been kind of good. On the talent side, acquiring talent, this is, this is becoming, so you didn't know, it's becoming a B2B content <laughs> like podcast. That's okay. That's um, okay. On, on, well, but it might be interesting for some of your listeners. Um, if you want to get in touch with a thought leader, a celebrity of sorts, an influencer, this is the time. They all, all of their gigs have been canceled. Um, you know, obviously movie productions have stopped. All brand campaigns have shot, stopped. So you're like 95% more likely to get and have a celebrity agent or whoever it is reply to you right now. That's for sure. For sure. And, and they're, they're, everyone's schedules are, you know, everyone's stuck at home. So they have a bit more time. They're not having to commute or like the things that they used to do, like going out to their friends, it's not happening. So you can totally get the cut through right now. That's, that's so true. Well, yeah. that's good to hear from you because this is what you do. I mean, any <laughs> specific strategies on, like, is there any real strategies when reaching out to an influencer or celebrity? I mean, it's worked so far for me. You know, listen, there's certain people I'd love to have on my show that I haven't, that haven't gotten back sure. to me. Any strategies? I think that uh, have something that is um, like a, I don't want to say personalize it, more so than even personalize it, pull out something about them that shows that you really understand them and their brand and have paid attention. It's not a cold email. So the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally against MailChimp, 100% against MailChimp. I'll have my girls, even if we're doing a huge campaign, we need a hundred, we'll never use a hundred influencers because we only do luxury clients. But even if we're doing where we need to reach out to a couple hundred different influencers, for example, they're writing individual emails. I'm a big believer in an email out to somebody that is personalized and that can say something to the effect of been a big fan, been a big fan since 2014 when you did this or love your content. I particularly love the way that you, you know, storytell, um, like your recipes or whatever it is. That's, I mean, you know, you can't guarantee someone's even going to open it, but I think that that's, and that's a trend that you'll see more in 2020 is like this sort of like making it human. You know? Okay. Cause I'm, I'm kind of, I, I do that for the most part. So that's good to know. Yeah. You know, or at least like I kind of give you. You're doing it. You don't need any tips from me. You tell no, me. but like, listen, I, this is what you do. So I am, I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm gladly, but I mean, that's good to know that that's one of your tips and I'm kind of doing that. So, okay, that's good. I like yeah. it. And I saw, I know you guys, I know one of your digital campaigns too was for Tiger King and that was very successful. <laughs> Thank you. That was a lot of fun. That was so much fun. I mean, one, we got to do TikTok. I had never played on TikTok before and I, I love- I, I need to get it. on TikTok. I still don't understand it. I mean, well, it's just like, it, it's feel good content. You understand that, that's bravo. Like, like let me escape and just feel good um, for, for a bit. That's what TikTok is. It's just 15 second snippets. Um, uh, I love the creativity of the people on it. Um, like, sure, give me an hour, you can be funny, but to try to be funny and get your audience engaged within 15 seconds, it's a real skill, you know? Um, 
uh, just like the copywriting that we do, social social captions, it's almost harder to get um, what you're trying to message down into one phrase than a few sentences. So I, I appreciate the TikTok video creators because it's like, it's a real skill. Um, uh, I love the music. I love the skits. I just love, and I love the different filters that the kids use. I'm like the kids. Um, but uh, uh, that was really, really fun. And also there's something cool about the right product at the right time. And Tiger King is like one of those things that came out of COVID. Everyone wanted a little bit of escapism. We're so sick of the news. And it was just, it was great to work on something that people are actively obsessed with. You know. Were you shocked at how big Tiger King was? Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't yeah. really get it, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I was really shocked. I mean, I'm not so sure that I got it either. Like I watched the whole thing because I'm like, well, what I mean, I can't not watch this. <laughs> I did not like it, but I, when I was done, I was like, okay, you know, that was interesting. Right, right, right. But maybe I'm missing something and maybe I didn't pay attention because sometimes I do two things at once and I'm like, maybe I really need to. And I also had to call a friend and be like, okay, I'm confused about like 13,000 things. And she was like, <laughs> it wasn't that difficult, but I think it's because- It's not like an end up, right. <laughs> I have like my B-list shows that I keep on and like kind of do something else. And I think that was relegated to like a B-list. And I'm like, oh, if I paid attention, I might've understood more of what was really going on. No, it's not too deep. You're not missing too much. Yeah, I don't really. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it means about a cultural narrative. It's um, interesting. And I was never in the state. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, so have you binged anything else like while you've been in or you've just been busy working and with your son or have you had any other binges on Netflix or any other? Um, I've like legit been so busy. You know how people say that sometimes they're like, I'm so busy. I know, but I just watched this whole season. I'm like, I've been, yeah, it's been, it's been nuts. Um, <laughs> it's been nuts. What else have I possibly watched? Um, tried to get into, there's a series, uh, uh, heist on Netflix tried to watch, but it wasn't really, uh, it was okay. Like a boy's film. So no, um, I haven't. How has Ladies of London gone down? I've been, well, I've been, well, I mean, so you know that they showed Ladies of London, I forgot, maybe like a week ago. Now, when Mm -hmm. that happens, does your, do your DMs just like reactivate as if this was yesterday? Well, it's not so much the DMs, but I do see followers kind of like jump up and, um, I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order 
or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. You know, I was on the show so long ago and then I I, I really kind of stepped out of that world. Um, so yeah, I'll see reach and impressions go up a ton. Not so much on the DMs though. Um, but reach yeah. and impressions. When they were casting this like originally way back, like did you watch Bravo before? Like, did you know what Bravo was? Like, were you a fan? Do people not really of, watch Bravo as much over there? Of, of- they don't. And you know, and I'm sure you know this from talking to some of the other girls, um, it wasn't going to go, to, originally it was not meant to go down the road of Housewives. Yes. It was very much more uh, pitched and sold and pitched and then bought to be a like lens into uh, coming into British society and life in society as opposed to um, dramatics between a group of women. But then it became that. And, and believe, I, I've heard that about so many like Real Housewives of DC. Like there's so many things which started as something else and then became part of the Housewives franchise or well, Housewives-esque. Okay, sure. But if you're signing on to a show that is called The Real Housewives Of, you kind of know it's gonna be a bit like that. Yes. Yeah. Although in like DC, it actually wasn't started as the Real Housewives of. It was supposed to be something else, and then like in the middle, I think they changed it somehow. Understood. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yeah. Listen, it 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 kind of makes sense. It's a successful franchise that I it's and it's a model that they go back to, and I think it's like you know you. You, as a network, I don't want to say you get addicted, but like, yeah, as a network, you um, hit certain views and, and KPIs and sometimes you deviating from that model is difficult, right? Um, because you know that if it's sensational, it's going to get more eyes. And at the end of the day, more eyes mean more ad spend. Um, Digital, you know, advertising. Which is what it's all about. I mean, did you know how many of the other, I forgot, like, did you know all the other girls? Like, did you know someone in particular? And like, how did you get involved initially? I was one of the first girls that the producers came to and and I recommended Marissa Hermer, who then recommended Juliet um, Angus. um, And... uh, Caprice they went to as well in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I can't remember how Annabelle Nielsen came into it, but there was a casting director, his name was Barney. Um, and when he came to us, it was a BBC World production. Um, a BBC World production, um, which was then sold to NBC Stroke Brava. Um, and yeah, I remember filming that I was working with Sandra Rhodes here, who's uh, her and I were partners in a business. She's a very famous designer here. She's about 80 years old now. She's a dame. Um, uh, and I remember them interviewing me in the studio and um, oh my gosh, funny. I haven't thought about that in a long, 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 long time. 
Did you yeah. really, did you really want to be a part of it in the beginning? Were you like, this is so exciting? Like, you know, with you and Marissa and Juliet, like. Yeah. Well, and Marissa and I, I was, I think like her first friend in London and she was maybe, I, I was here a little bit longer than her. So I had a couple of their friends, but she was always like a good friend and we're both in the West coast. So it was the idea, um, of spending more time with her was, was cool. And I think, yeah, I was, I was excited. I, I did some TV when I was younger. Um, uh, and so I wasn't too scared about that. And that felt sort of um, like natural, you know? Uh, uh, and at the time, yeah. So it was, it was a ride. <laughs> it was a definite ride. I think, oh, that's what it was. And then Caroline, somebody had recommended Caroline. And I remember going to Caroline's um, I, I, um office at the time she still had gift library and i remember her and i having lunch and she was like i don't know should i do this and i'm like well i don't know but i think i'm gonna do it and at the time she was um uh concerned about like her filter she was concerned that she couldn't filter what she was saying and she's like i think this would be an absolute flipping disaster i don't filter anything that i'm saying um, and it turns out actually that's the best for reality TV, right? Like that makes great TV. Totally. And she didn't yeah. really filter much of what she said. I no, found, she didn't. She didn't. Is... And here's with me, I filter way less than I used to, but my, uh, personality is to filter. And so, you know, pro tip, if you're going to go on reality, the way it can tell, it doesn't work to filter. You got to, you got to, the people who don't, who say and then think it works way better for. I think so. You know, and like, if you like look for at like. Sure, for sure, for sure. And also the other thing that I am is I am like, I'm very Switzerland. I'm very political. So in any situation, actually my staff was laughing about it last week. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll play Switzerland. I'll diffuse and somehow, so like, there's a lot of my personality that works on in, 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 in life keeps me out of trouble, but on reality doesn't, you know, play so much. I feel like Caroline and like Juliet Angus did not filter at all. No, 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 no. They were, and they, they made great TV, which I think is the case, like, if you look at, like, all the housewives now, like, the people that are on it for years and years, the ones that stay are the ones that just don't filter nor care, nor try to hold anything back. Totally. And it's, do you know what? That's a personality type. Yes. It's really a personality type. Um, uh, especially in, um, like, a TV situation where everything's hyper- it's very escalated. Everything's it's like a technicolor, like escalated situation of reality. Um, uh, I think then that that brings out your size. If you if you are very unfiltered, it makes you even more unfiltered than in real life. And if you're very filtered, it makes you even more filtered than in real life. <laughs> and like if you're unfiltered and you have people like patting you on the back for it, I think like good job, keep it going. Yeah. Which we know producers do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> How did the show, I mean, did you find that, like when you first came to London, 
like, was it hard to like break into that? You know, is it really that like British society and you're an American and what are you doing here? Or did you find an easy adjustment when you first got to London? Well, when I first moved to London, I was in, uh, dating and then soon engaged to um, uh, someone named Matthew Mellon, um, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but he um, was American and had moved to London, um, married a British woman. They were divorcing, pretty much divorced when I met him. Um, and she started a company called Jimmy Choo and they were like a golden couple in the London scene. So when I came into London, um, I was straight away shot into the middle of the social scene. Um, and I can remember like the first night that him and I went out, the pictures were all over the Daily Mail. Um, and I was younger than him. I was 16 years younger. So there was a bit of like, um, you know, who is this younger blonde woman from America? Like, you know. And that's what we saw on the show. Like, this is right what we kind of saw on the show. And uh, well, this would have been about ten years before the show. Okay, yeah. I, I. Was, and then, and yes. then, him and I broke up. And then, um, no, I wouldn't expect you to know that. Don't worry. Um, then him and I broke up, and I started dating Scott like a year after and Scott, um, who I was with and engaged to on the show. Yeah. That's probably who you're thinking about. Yes. That is what I was thinking about. Were you happy with how you were portrayed on the show? Like once it came out, were you like, wait a second, what is all this? Or were you just like, okay, this is what I remember and how I thought I'd be portrayed. And I wasn't delighted about it. I mean, I would have stayed on the show if I was, but I think, I think it was, um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that reality TV is for my personality type. And so, uh, well, I wasn't really happy. I'm not like, I'm not upset about it. It wouldn't be something that I'd want to do again. I quite like, I like the digital format and I like, um, like, like social where we play, where I play now it's a little bit less scripted. It's a little bit more um, authentic and quick and goes. And for my personality, that's a little bit um, better. I mean, listen, I, it was a great experience and I'm not upset about how I was portrayed, but it wasn't, definitely wasn't something I want to do again. I don't like drama. <laughs> right. And there was, there was drama. I mean, do you feel like how, did it change your relationship at all with like Marissa Hermer or Juliet? In particular, it, is it maybe I, Juliet? I didn't really know. I didn't really know Juliet coming into the show. I saw her like a year or two ago. Um, we just bumped into each other. Um, so with Marissa, like not a lot. I didn't see her that much. I mean, we don't. I saw her also about a year ago. We don't keep in touch that much, but she lives in LA. Right. Um, it made me really close friends with Caprice. That I know, because I've sat down with Caprice on this very platform. So Caprice is awesome, and I knew you guys are really yeah. good friends. So you guys are still, she was kind of like a big sister mentor type, you've said in the past, I think. Yeah, exactly. And she's actually a godmom to my son. Oh, wow. That I yeah. did not know. So you guys are yeah. obviously, so that's like a positive outcome of all this, right? Totally. Totally. She's an amazing woman. Um, 
like it's a pleasure to meet and get to know someone like that and really get to know someone like that under like such circumstances because you really see people's true colors um and she's um you know it's interesting because of the way because of how beautiful she is and how she was a, a model when she started her career um people know her but they don't have any idea how brilliant she is as a businesswoman she really is yeah she's smart and she's beautiful and you were a model too yeah. <laughs> not quite on the stage of her, but there, yes, that, that is a true fact, but, but yes. not really. I mean, listen, um, and I respect what she's built, but she, she really is one of the most strategic kind of business women that I know and works really hard, works really hard. She does yeah. work really hard. I mean, I think it's good how the show ended up. Cause I know like, I've, I guess the show was originally supposed to be more of like an American slant. I mean, just in talking mm -hmm. to the other girls. So yeah. I think it was nice to have a mix. What about Carolyn Stansberry? Stanberry, were you guys ever friends or to keep in we touch with never, her? We were never really close friends. Um, and I saw her a couple years ago. Um, uh, but I haven't kept in touch with her much. Yeah. So it's really Julie, Caprice. Yeah, Julie Montague, um, a little bit. I haven't seen her in a, in a little while. Um, no so recent yeah. trips to Maperton. <laughs> yeah, Maperton. Yeah, yeah, Maperton. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what is. Well, Caprice, I go to her place in in Ibiza often, and take that over Maperton anytime. <laughs> we saw some 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 times at Maperton where you know Juliet had her airs about her and you know you guys just wanted to have fun which was a great that was great yeah. <laughs> which of the girls have you interviewed i have interviewed well you know it's weird like everyone has said yes but then you get down to scheduling so like i've interviewed you i've interviewed juliet angus caprice and adela who i know you were not on with adela do you know adela have you ever met adela yes i have a couple times yeah. So those... Was she on it? She was on it the last season. How would you describe, because I haven't watched seasons two or three. Is it three or... Are there, how many were there? Three. Three. How would you describe the evolution of it? I mean, first of all, I think it's one of... And I interview people from every Bravo show, so I don't play favorites, but if I, you know, Ladies of London, I think was one of the best Bravo shows ever. Okay. <laughs> I do. I mean, it was like, you know, why it couldn't, you know, it really was like London Housewives. Like it could have been called that. I mean, even though it didn't start out as that. Right. You know, I think it's like, you know, like in, in the UK, like, are you, like, are they obsessed with the American accent? You know, like here, it's just, it's the same thing, but it's being done in this like, you know, like you have the Maper Tid and like the society and then it's like, it doesn't matter. Everyone's just getting drunk and like there's major drama. So there's that humor factor that I found in it. I mean, I think the evolution was, you know, Caroline kind of became the lead of the show, you know, as it went on. Right. I think there was an evolution with Juliet where she started really not being friends with Caroline. I mean, in the first season, there was almost tension between the two of them. And then by the end, not, you know, really tension, but like they weren't really 
best friends. And in the end, it was really to the viewer, like Juliet, you know, the, the, the narrative was that Juliet agreed with anything Caroline said. And it was just like, I'm bowing to the altar of Caroline. I mean, that was kind of the, so it's like, it was a fun show. It was a really fun show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She became her minion, right? That's what it was? Kind of, yeah. Minion? Wasn't that what she would That say? was the narrative and the perception and how it was edited, for sure. So that and was then, kind of fun. Then when did um, Caroline Fleming come on? And she Sophie. came. Sophie Stanbury came season two, and I've known Sophie forever. Yeah, so, like, she's an example. Like, she, so she and Caroline, like, Sophie said yes right away to come on this. And I'm like, okay, well, here are the dates. And she's like, whoa, right away? Like, I'm like, we're in quarantine. Like, we could do this. So she's very nice and she checks in all the time. But I'm like, well, okay, when? Like, let's do this. Caroline, right. So, I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm more of like, okay, let's set a date. Like, kind of like you and I did. Like, let's set a date. Here are 17 right, we options. Get, we, we, we get shit done. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> we're all in our own home. So Sophie, I think, means well and is wonderful and reaches out all the time. But I'm like, let's do this. Carolyn Fleming was going in the beginning before Corona. She was like, I really just want to do this in person. I think it'd be a lot more fun. And I'm like, I, I welcome everyone to come see me in New York in person. So... We were trying to figure that out. I mean, of course, she was going to make a whole weekend of it or whatever, but then Corona came, so then she just was like, don't you just want to wait till we do it in person? I'm like, all right, it's fine. Caroline Stanberry was going to do it also because she was coming to New York because she she has like a little mini podcast tour that she was starting, like a little stand-up. This was pre-Corona, so then that got in the way. So I'm like, so it's like everyone has been in touch and then I feel like I've been so busy that I'm like, I don't need to be so aggressive. I think I was the most aggressive with Sophie because she kept getting back and I'm like, let's make this happen. <laughs> like now it's the thing. <laughs> but then she was always like cooking and doing other things. And I'm like, all right, like I'm not, we, we can wait ish. And Marissa was going to do it too. And then we rescheduled one. So we were So it's kind of like everyone's in the mix. And I think if I got like, oh my God, where's my content? I have nothing. I have no more shows. I would be more forceful but I'm just like I've been busy that I'm like if everyone wants to wait a few weeks that's fine I know Marissa's been busy like with her restaurant and all of that in the west coast yeah yeah but Um, everyone's been really responsive I mean are you did you get the same because I know it was a bigger hit over here in the states like were you shocked were you shocked that it, you know it's kind of like a cult hit like where did you come to new york or come to the states to do any press like when it first came out and were you shocked at like the recognition you got i did i came over in the beginning uh it was like the summer after it aired i think or when it aired uh and that's in the west coast and that was fun i did a little bit of a couple of tv things and and like you know TV. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I had fun kind of like going around doing the scene, um, Hamptons, etc. cetera. Um, LA, I know I spent some time in as well. Um, yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and yeah, it's true. Actually, now I'm thinking back, I'm like, right. People did recognize me. Um, I mean, that's what I would figure. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you never know when you're on the like totally different part of the world. Yeah, how much they are picking up. You can only so so yeah. Um, but I have been in the press a lot here. Um, like so so the um, I don't want to say like sticker shock. That's probably not the but but it wasn't for me then. Um, like I was okay with being noticed, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was not, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, like you knew it cause you already had that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it so, never, no, I mean, that makes sense. And like Caprice too. I mean, like to that extent, what about, right. Like in a, you know, did it ever hit that? It never really hit that stride overseas. Did it? Like, do people in London watch Ladies of London? Well, so they um, they did watch one season. It aired over here. It got picked up by, um, I can't remember what network it was, ITVB, which was a new network from the ITV family, really well known. Um, and, um, and it was okay. Didn't didn't land with the same sort of um, response as in the states. I think yeah. Um, I think people kind of like. Um, it's interesting. The reality shows here because they also tried to do a Housewives of um, somewhere. I can't remember what it was. Didn't really work. Didn't interesting. Really work. Yeah, because yeah, they do international housewives, like housewives from Melbourne and Cheshire and all of that. But it didn't really catch on there. Um, yeah, so not really. No, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a thing. But yeah, I think it's all, it all is changing. And like we are saying, people are watching stuff on TikTok and they're just watching different platforms now where they digest them with their comedy. But I think the reality show will still always be somewhat popular. And we still have shows like Love Island here that are really popular as well. Right. And like, that's another example. Like, I don't know if you watched this thing. Well, I'm sure you didn't. It's called Too Hot to Handle. It was on Netflix. It came like right after Tiger King. It knocked Tiger King out of like the number one spot. I'm convinced it was really? only, well, I'm convinced it was greenlit because of Corona. It certainly wasn't filmed now. It was literally like, 10 really hot people. I mean, literally, they're all gorgeous. Like, men and women on an island, and they win, I think, like, $100,000 as a whole, and, like, money is taken away for any type of, like, sexual content. So, like, oh! Yeah, I saw some of that. And it was, yeah. like, it wasn't Tiger King, but it was, it, it was way bigger a hit than it should have been. And it was all about how, like, you can't, like a kiss was worth $3,000 and it was really, listen, it was, it's better than it sounds, but I mean, I probably have a higher threshold for trash reality TV maybe than you do, but it really was a good, and so I'm like, someone must've just greenlit this because of Corona, because like, if you're home alone now, you can't hook up with anyone. This is where my mind goes. It's just, it was like, like this obviously wasn't filmed in the last 30 days because it's all these people on an island. I mean, if you're anyone who had any sort of footage in the can, you're killing it. You were, you like, it's like any, you know what I mean? And also the Tiger King thing, 
Tiger King, I believe, would not have been the success that it is if it wasn't for, co- for lockdown. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, like, they did that extra episode, which I haven't watched it. There was, like, that one bonus episode or something to that effect. I haven't watched all of it. But I agree. What do you think are the trends, like, if we stay locked down, which hopefully we won't, for much longer, although I think it's going to be, like, do you see any trends in digital, like, for all platforms, or, like, it is, is, like, all engagement up on TikTok Uh, and everywhere, or is that not necessarily the case? I think TikTok's up many, many, many fold i think it's 70 percent across all of their social networks um and i think that the trend that was already happening anyways back to from the very curated highly filtered overly retouched images there is a move away from that that we are seeing anyways to just more authentic kind of singular grid posts i think that Trend will be supercharged after COVID, so a, a return to relatability, um, uh, tone of voice, I think, will stay as like quite authentic and just sort of like more than it was. So I think that there's a lot of influencers who have been thriving in recent times that um, you'll see won't well, you won't see as much of anymore which is a good thing. You think so? Uh, Yeah. Like you think there's going to be this like authentic self that kind of stays with us now. Totally. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, I mean, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know because I, 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 I have like three influencer campaigns right now going. Um, And I just, yeah. Um, I'm doing a big thought leadership um, panel uh, with a group, a media group that's owned by Hearst in June. Um, And it's called The New Rules of Engagement. And I'm interviewing like big influencers and a couple of brands. And and this is like, these are macro trends. If you're a girl who's been half naked with your bum out, I mean, there'll always be an audience for that, right? But way gone or so so you'll have like, you know, old men in Dubai like following you, but you're not gonna get brand dollars anymore. It's totally not gonna happen. That's good. I mean, it kind of got a little saturated there, right? I mean, I think so. And I think you're going to see um, if you've bought your followers or if you're boosting and not letting brands know that you boost or, or whatever that is, that's also um, like those days are gone. So there'll be a real return to like uh, justifying not how many followers you have, but who they are. Right. Because when brands hire influencers, they don't necessarily look at who your followers are. It's more just the numbers. Exactly. And that's really what's led to this whole everyone in the world buying followers-ish. Yeah, which never worked before. And it's certainly not going to work now because when you do that, then it's like this whole guys you have to keep up. So to me, it's like so obvious though, because it's like they have so many followers. It's like one comment on your social media. Right. So then you have to get a bot and you have to make the comments keep up. and that is, um, yeah, 
so um yeah it's interesting it's, there's a lot of really good things that have come out of COVID. i think a so a lot of a lot a lot of challenges a lot of economic um impact negative impact that we haven't even started seeing yet um which is really quite scary but i think that there's a lot of positive too i think if you just take this time you know, like I've been using this time to kind of do things that I've been talking about creatively for like years that I never would have done. Oh, good. And as you know, I'm like writing a book about all of this, believe it or not. Yeah. Like kind of like, well, you know, like people always ask me like, how do you, how did you become friends with these people that are on Bravo? And I'm like, it's one of the main questions I get asked. And I'm like, so I'm writing a book on that, which I've been working on for, like I've been talking about forever. And I'm like, if we're trapped at home and I, I don't have children that I'm going to use my time. So I'm like, I feel like you, like, I feel like I'm working more than I have in a really long time. Like mm-hmm. not the hardest I've ever worked in my life, but very close there too. Like I go to bed exhausted every night. I'm like, I'm tired. That's what, that's what I said to somebody. They're like, is this, but is it the hardest? I'm like, no. When I was running a startup, pregnant between LA and London. That was the hardest, but this is, this is a lot. I will, I've got now it's seven 30 here. I've got another hour and a half of emails. My son's just gone to bed and I have been an Australian hair care brand is about to launch like really exciting brand. And I will do a new business pitch from 10 PM to 11 PM. Oh and my that God. Is just that's Thursday. But do you know what? If you're clever and if you don't spin like other people and you don't get too scared, if you can ground yourself, there is a heck of a lot of opportunity in the market because most people are freaking out. Most so, people are freaking out. Most people are freaking out. So those of, of, of us or those of you or, you know, it, 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 I'm like in no way superhuman that can say, okay, um, you know, I, I – let me start to think about solutions and opportunities. Like you'll be really well placed when the lockdown starts to um, lessen. Would you ever live back on the West Coast or you just love living in London and you can't see ever living anywhere else? No, you know, it's funny. I was talking about it recently because I lived there from in all of 2016 with the startup. I could totally, would love to split my time between West Coast and London or at least a couple of months out of the year for sure. See, you have like the for sure, which is West Coast, and you also have your British accent. You have like the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know any of our British like housewives, like, okay, like Dorit and PK, Lisa Vanderpump, any of those folks? Uh, not personally, no. I mean, I know it's a stereotype, like, you know, just because they're from what, you know, they're that you would know them. Just curious. Do you know anyone that's like on Bravo or you're just like so out of that world now? I'm quite out of that world. That's okay. I mean, that's good, I think. Would you ever, I mean, I know you already said you would never go back on reality TV, but if there was a, we're going to have, you know, the cast of Ladies of London sit down with Andy Cohn and just check in with all of them, would you ever be like, sign me up? I'm interested in being a part of that. I'd have to really, really think about it. I'd have to really think about it. 
And you would never appear back on TV, even if it wasn't like just, you can't think of any reality type of scene where you would be like, that sounds amazing. I mean, if it was like a, so, so now I, I handle big brand budgets. We do really exciting influencer campaigns. And I love, I love doing that in a great agency. Um, it's called Bacchus. We have offices in New York and, and, and London, um, female founded, lots of smart, clever, cool, creative girls working together. Uh, no drama. Uh, if there was to be a TV show that was like, cause I actually, you know, these, obviously influencers, particularly YouTube stars, they are kind of some of like, the new media stars. If there was like a top model, like kind of program that was like casting influencers as opposed to casting models, I would, I could be like a judge panelist on that sort of thing. That's where I would do it. Or like we've just launched an IGTV series on our, on our channels. Um, where I'm interviewing like the top influencers. It's super, uh, I don't want to say super geeky, but it's not for your average user. It's, it's like for your social media manager or something like that or a brand manager. Um, but I like that stuff now. So if it's something like business related. Business related, or like I said, or it could be like a more consumer facing, but, um, but yeah, all of, all of the things that I have planned this year, it's all business, all the panels, all the, all the thought leadership pieces, all the podcast or, and I haven't even actually been doing much of that in, in years, but I am starting to do it this year. Like the panel, um, with the Hearst group on the June, on June 9th is all like, it's like global marketing directors kind of stuff like that. That's, that's more where my tribe sits now. Um, that's uh, yeah. Um, so so, so if there was a mainstream show that was something like within the world that I play and it's a little bit more, even like a, a almost Dragon's Den I could go into, you know, um, uh, but like, like, do you have an e-commerce brand? I mean, I feel like there's gonna be so many brands are going to go e-commerce after this. Um, uh, you know, I could, I could definitely having been in startup world, like sit and kind of like, does that work? Does it not? Yes. We'll invest. <laughs> that, well, that's my world. Yeah. You love what you do. Like that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And then like, before we wrap up, do you, what do you feel? I mean, you said, you know, you weren't so sure of how you were portrayed, like when it came out, which is like a lot of people say that, like, what do you think was the biggest misconception of how you were portrayed versus the reality of who you are once this show came out and you were a part of it? Well, one thing, the whole thing was like, did my ex have any money? And um, Scott, who I was with, and he didn't. And when he passed away, um, like really quite tragically, um, a lot of the girls reached out to me who weren't so nice on the show. And they were like, fuck, I'm really sorry. Yeah he didn't have any money and, and he was in a lot of pain and a lot of trouble. And I don't think that we realize that and we're sorry. Right. So, Cause that is kind of how you were portrayed by them that you were just after the money. And there wasn't any. Right. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see that. Did you know Annabella? 
Annabelle Nielsen. Like, well, like, I mean, like after the show and like, did you know, like, did you keep in touch with her? I mean, cause that was a tragedy. That was a tragedy. Yeah. No, we have lots of friends in common that were close. Like, you know what I mean? As a rehearse specifically, but I do have some friends who are super upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've lost a couple of friends um, to similar situations and it's really sad. Yeah. That was a tragedy. Anything else you want to leave us with? I mean, I know you're very busy. I really appreciate your time, especially since you have put, you know, thank you because like you've put this behind you and you don't really want to go back on TV. So like that makes me appreciate this even more. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, anything else to leave you with? Um, that you feel like we haven't covered? No, I think we're good. I think people, if you're listening to this and it's still COVID times, like think about some of the positives out of out of this if you're having a hard time because there, there definitely is. I think that there's, um, yeah, um, that would be my only comment. <laughs> I think so too. And I think like, what could get you through this? It's really your mind. I mean, physically we're all in the same situation. I just think the key is just keeping your mind as clear, you know, just with, don't let your mind go to dark places, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's even a nice thing to wrap up on, on like, you know, this kind of situation. Cause it is, it is very much behind me and it was a tougher time. Like we covered, I guess, um, there were some things on the show that weren't great, but I've gone on to like totally find happiness and find my, 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 my place in life. And I feel like no matter where you're at, you can do that. Like we're all extremely in control uh, I not feel like it in this particular moment, but we're all masters of our, what our destiny is, you know? And I think, I think like, like, like your happiness is a choice every day. Um, and it definitely doesn't have to do with like, if you have a Mapperton house or not, most of the people who have Mapperton houses that I know are some of the unhappiest people I know. Completely. So completely. You know what I was mean. Was that was that a re- reference to Julie Montague in particular? No. Okay, I didn't think it was. She's, but no, because she's she's like I mean she doesn't live the life the privileged life so much. Do you know what I mean? She's a hustler. She's doing like ten yoga classes a, a, a freaking day. <laughs> Like, like they got this big pile, but like, um, yeah, those those houses are expensive to keep up. Um, so no, that that would be my my advice. Um, like like yeah, for sure. And 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 so what you and then that, and that's what it is. Like it is it is mental, and you can just decide to be happy, and you choose that in this time. And reality show or not, I mean, come on. Um, yeah, I guess if anything, a reality show showed me like um, how important it is to be happy and to love your life every day, whatever you're doing. Camera doesn't make you happy. No. Fame is like a drug, just like anything else. And yeah. I think people chase that. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Um, well, so there we go. I really, really appreciate this. It's a pleasure. Very yeah. much. I will keep really you posted. With you. <laughs> Thank you for being part of our Ladies of London series. It would not be complete without you. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, David. All Stay right. safe. Stay I'll well. email you. Thanks. Cool. All right. Bye. Perfect. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.